We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by Keeping Medicare Simple and The Floor King. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three underway. Hour number three out of six for me. If you are uh, not aware, I'll be doing the Dennis Prager Show today. So uh, I know you've got Charlie Kirk live here from noon to one. Uh, then I'll have, uh, you'll have me live on Dennis's show from, from uh, one to three. If you want to hear the entirety of the Prager Show, you can, of course, watch it at the Salem News Channel and listen to it at DennisPrager.com and through all of the other different places where you hear Dennis. So I'll be doing his show from uh, noon until three today. We'll have a lot of ground to cover there, as we have here as well. Staying in the state of Ohio, though, now, uh, let's welcome our regular uh, Wednesday guest at this hour. He is uh, one of the best commentators going because he's one of the best newsmen working in the state. He covers the Ohio State House for us at WHK AM 1420, The Answer, but he also covers the enti- entire state for the Ohio Press Network, of which he is the founder and the executive Daniel director. Digger! And he is Jack Windsor. Jack is also my partner, by the way, my buddy on Talking Smack with Bob and Jack, available wherever you get your podcasts. We have six episodes in, and we are just getting uh, more and more uh, fired up about it as uh, as we go. Jack, good morning. How are you, sir? Bob, I'm super fantastic. Thanks for choosing me this morning. It's an honor to be here with you and our listeners. How are you liking the podcast? I love it, man. You know, uh, it's kind of like anything. You know, you played football growing up. It's like two-a-days, right? You get through those first couple of weeks, you start to get some muscle memory, you get in shape, you start learning the plays. I feel like we're uh, at the end of two-a-days now, and we're starting to hit our stride. I love it. Yeah, I like that. It's a good analogy. It, it really is. And we're, you know, it's not going to always be politics. We launched it um, just a, a week or so before the midterm election, so it was all about midterms, the first couple episodes, if you go back and listen, which may be a little outdated for you now that we know what the results are. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, it's been very heavily politics because of the time of the year that we came in with this whole thing, but it's not always going 
going to be. Sometimes we're going to be talking about things that just impact us, impact people, our culture, our communities, and so forth. It may be all over the place. We want to entertain people in addition to you know, discussing and informing on the uh, political issues of the day. So hope people will uh, check us out, um, talk and smack Absolutely. with Bob and Jack. All right, Jack, um, let's talk a little smack about um, the Ohio Board of Elections. For one of the very few times uh, I think I've ever agreed with a Democrat like Teresa Fetter. Senator Teresa Fetter is one of three Democrats who uh, won seats on the Board of Education, giving Democrats seven of the elected, 11 elected seats. And sadly, Mike DeWine made too many mistakes in his appointments and some of the other seats that some of the same wokeness that is plaguing the rest of the country is going to continue to plague Ohio school students. So what do I agree with Teresa Fetter about? I agree with her when she says, quote, if you can't beat them, take away their power. They're seizing more power, and the power shifting that's going on is literally taking away the voice of the people, Fetter said, in complaining about Senator Bill Reinecke's Senate Bill 178, which dramatically reduces the authority of the board and shifts power to a new cabinet-level agency. She's right. We can't beat them, take away their power, because it's not about power, it's about kids and what they're doing to kids through this uh, you know, ideological shift that is going on right now around the country is as dangerous mm-hmm. as hell. I'll do whatever I have to do to take away their power to do that. Your thoughts? You know, so it's interesting. I just want to clarify. So is Fetter saying she supports Senate Bill 178? No, she's she she's angry to? about it. She's saying that in fury, if you can't beat them, meaning us, take away their power. So she's saying that, you know, the Democrats are going to have more votes on that board of election or uh, board of education, rather, to, you know, push the Title IX changes, uh, not force the superintendent to write the letter that says this is our guidance here to all of our districts, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. She's complaining mm-hmm. that the Republican backed bill takes away her and their power on the Ohio board. And and I agree with her. It does take it away. It's just that I don't I don't share her fury. I'm celebrating it, but I agree with what she is saying. Yeah. So you know, Senate Bill 178 does just that, right? It um, it would create essentially a new division, and um, it, it would retool the Department of Education, and it would um, give the governor the opportunity to appoint. Uh, someone into that position. Uh, it's the Department of Education and Workforce, I think is what it would be renamed. It would have two separate divisions. One would be for primary and secondary education. The one would be career and technology, or excuse me, uh, career and technical. Uh, and, and so then obviously that appointee would be approved by the Senate, but it does defang the superintendent of public instruction and the State Board of Education, and it consolidates the power into this new Department of Education and, and Workforce uh, group. So it's a cabinet-level position. Um, in, in, the, in the short term, it might defeat uh, some of the woke ideology that is seeped into the State Board of Education and into our you know, local school districts, but it also creates a worrisome precedent and structure where what happens if somebody like Nan Whaley does win the governor's chair next time around, then she or whoever is in that seat appoints someone that is completely aligned with this radical ideology. And then all of a sudden that one person or those couple of people are making all of these decisions. Um, so I, I think we're kind of in this pickle, right? Where we don't 
agree uh, on the science. We don't agree on the best practices of some of the LGBTQ stuff that's going on. But at the same time, um, how do we combat it? And, and 178 says, well, we'll just take the power away from the existing structure. So I see both sides of the argument on that. I do, too. I just, like I said, I completely disagree with their side. So I agree with Teresa Fetter when she says, if you can't beat them, take away their power, because I do want to take away their power, meaning her yep. power to do anything about this. Now, um, one more quickie on this. Um, is is the the caveat that as you said you know Mike Dewine gets to pick this this cabinet level you know group uh, that would that mm-hmm. would uh, uh, you know lead instruction and curriculum and so forth I don't trust him I don't trust him because I look at some of the board members he picked as you said if Nan Willie would have won the governorship uh, she'd be picking them and that's just as dangerous as well so what you know you can't substitute one group of radicals for example on the Ohio Board of Education with another group of radicals at this cabinet level you know uh, a group that that, that that would be put together by this bill so I, there's no there's no guaranteed improvement here but at least this gives an opportunity for you know DeWine in this particular case to take some steps do some serious vetting and and appoint some people who are going to put the kids best interest at heart not just those of special interests like the LGBTQ community well if my understanding is correct uh, Mike DeWine appointed Stephanie Siddons who is the current um, superintendent of public instruction and, and Siddons is kind of the, the godmother to this whole child methodology that is now the structure uh, upon which our public education system operates. And let me just <laughs> eliminate any confusion about the whole child. Uh, the whole child is the whole child as it sounds. And the uh, public school system wants to have access and decision-making authority with respect to the whole child, not just reading, writing, math, and science, but every aspect of that child's life. And that's the problem. There are Republicans like Mike DeWine, and let's not get confused about him. Here's a guy who says he's a Republican, but believes in, quote, the benevolence of big government. This guy creates big government and spends taxpayer money just like a Democrat. Uh, so I, I share the healthy distrust in uh, scrutiny that should go down on Mike DeWine and, and the Department of Education as we as we get into the next couple of years. Jack, let's talk about Republicans. <clears throat> let's talk about the Ohio Republican Party. Bob Paduchik, of course, has announced he's stepping down. That'll take place after the uh, after December. Um, where does the party go from here? This is something that I've wanted for a long time. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it comes too late as far as I'm concerned. That's why we have Mike DeWine making these decisions that you're talking about, because I think Bob Paduchik completely put his foot on the scale in that gubernatorial primary. Uh, we all know the reasons why. So where does it go from here? Who is in the hunt for the chairmanship, and what do you, uh, how do you handicap it? Yeah, so I, I have three names that float to the top. First is Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart is uh, an alleged Bob Paducek heir apparent, um, and because of that, whether that is, uh, you know, perception or reality, um, you know, Jimmy Stewart is has been opposed by what I would call the reformers. These are the new folks that have been elected to the state central committee who are there because they um, want more transparency. They don't want, you know, primary endorsements. They don't want money flowing to prospective candidates without the entire committee weighing in. So uh, Jimmy Stewart is at the top of that list. Uh, someone threw his hat in the ring earlier this week, and I'm going to butcher his last name, and I apologize. It's Alex Triantaflo of Hamilton County. He's the Hamilton County Republican Party chairman. And, uh, you know, I haven't heard a lot about him. I'm still putting the feelers out. But I would guess he's like any uh, big city. You, you got your three C's, Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati. And those areas, I think leaders there are more purple than they are red. 
because of the nature of the deep blue state of, you know, the, the inner city politics. And so I think he's probably more a moderate if we're just going, if we're painting in broad strokes here. Um, and then the other one is Brian Williams. Brian Williams is someone who his name came to the surface when the state central committee in September um, was going to a- try to attempt to vote to get Bob Paducek out of his chair. Um, but I, Brian Williams isn't somebody who garnered enough support then to uh, for the reformers to get behind to actually oust Paducek. So those are the three on the list now. My understanding is there are going to be more uh, between now and that January meeting, and it's at that meeting that the next chairman will be selected. So do you think the the reformers are going to have, you know, enough support from the returners, if you will? You know, there's the new ones who were, who were elected to the uh, uh, state central committee. Are they going to have enough to, mm-hmm. to, to push back against? And again, I, I don't know him any better than you do in terms of whether or not he's, quote unquote, a Bob Paducic, you know, um, uh, loyalist or whatever. Um, but do you think Stewart and, and people like that are in trouble because of the new reformers merging with some of the returners who were not real thrilled with the leadership of Paducic in the first place? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think anybody, and, and I'm not, you know, saying good or bad about Bob Paducic, but anyone aligned with Bob Paducic or perceived to be aligned with Bob Paducic, it kind of, you know, gets that mud on them. So, you know, they're looked at as somebody who might be an authoritarian, uh, somebody who's more of an operative than a leader. And so I think that does hurt Jimmy Stewart. And with respect to the reformers, I, the state central committee is comprised of 33 men and 33 women from each Senate district. So that means there are 33 Senate districts. There are 66 people. I think three of those seats are vacant. So you're down to what is that, 63? My understanding is the reformers have somewhere between 34 and 36 people, which is a majority. So I believe that the next person, mm. if there is going to be a conservative, I believe the next person that leads the Republican Party, if it's done the right way, would probably be someone that would be not a moderate Republican, but a conservative Republican. I like that. I like that. And that's what I've been hoping for all along, because I think Ohio has been one of the wasted red states, a state so red that it has super majorities, uh, big power in all of the state offices, and get nothing done. They govern like Democrats far too often. So that's what we've been looking for somebody to lead the party in that direction last thing for you jack in about two minutes here christina johnson quit she's the ohio state university president she was only what two years into her five-year contract what does that mean yep yeah so there's a there, there are a lot of rumors going around um when the story broke i heard at the same time everyone else did we found out that there was a, a report put together or an investigation done because staff members at Ohio State didn't like what was going on. So they looked into her. Um, you know, in November, they had a chance to renew her contract or at least go over um, her review. They didn't. They went into a two-hour session, and that might have been the signal. And the word was that the Board of Trustees said, hey, you're going to resign or, or we're going to you know, get you out the hard way. And so she published a letter on Monday night stating that she was going to resign. Um, we also realized that uh, by information we received that the Alumni Association has good things to say about her. So it seems like she's leaving amicably, but there's a lot of speculation as to why. What I can tell you is that parents are not happy with crime around the university district. Parents are not happy with her woke ideology. Um, and I've had folks inside the university say she's not a great fundraiser, and it might be because she's in a red state, and she's about as deep blue as an activist as they come. However, um, she was 
you know, an undersecretary in the U.S. Department of Energy in the Obama administration. And someone even hinted to me this week that there, you know, she may be uh, still tethered to something there uh, and there might be an entanglement. And that might be part of uh, what's behind this. But we have no certainty right now. Well, it is interesting. Um, I kind of figured it's because, um, you know, they lost twice to Jim Harbaugh. So everybody got to go. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That was not fun for anybody at the university. Jack Windsor is the founder and the uh, editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network. Make sure that you continue to follow all of the great coverage of the state of Ohio there, commentary and straight news. And, of course, tomorrow will be our next episode of Talk and Smack with Bob and Jack. Uh, It'll be live on Facebook Live and YouTube Live and on Twitch. And then, of course, you will be able to watch it on any and listen to it on any of the podcast networks where you get your podcasts. So tomorrow night, 7 o'clock live and uh, any time after that. Jack Windsor, great stuff as always. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bob. Talk to you later. You got it. 1124. We'll take a time out here. We're going to get into our newscast, and uh, I want to do something special on the other side of the news. Inspired by something that happened yesterday. I've got something planned for you uh, for the last segment of the broadcast, so uh, make sure you stay right here for that. Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Mm-hmm.